rather you live your life in vanity You traded all your hopes and dreams for insanity We're with Deacon Ronnie Lastavica and Renee Brown today Deacon Ronnie is our director, our coordinator of pastoral care for the restorative justice ministry in the Diocese of Austin, the Gatesville region, which is corrections work. And Renee Brown is our director of counseling for Catholic Charities of Central Texas. And we're continuing our series on anger management. A little word from God today in sacred scripture, but do not ignore this one fact, beloved that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise as some regard delay, but he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And as we deal with our anger and hopefully come to repentance and reconciliation as well, um, there are identifiable things that happen along the way, and one of those, Renee, as you mentioned, is uh, the cycle of aggression. What does that mean, and, and how does it affect us? So the way to look at the aggression cycle is it's an episode of anger, but it can be viewed as consisting of uh, three phases. Okay, so there's going to be this buildup, then there's going to be explosion, and then after, it's the aftermath. Um, and this all came from SAMHSA again. Uh, so these three phases, once again, build up, explosion, and aftermath, that is part of the aggression cycle. The build up phase is kind of uh, characterized by different cues that indicate like your anger is building, right? So these are all those little triggers or just things that you may be experiencing. So it can look like maybe you're flushed or you're hot. Uh, you notice that your heart rate is maybe increasing. Um, perhaps your fists are clenched up. You're walking back and forth, you know, or you're pacing. Kind of think about that tiger in a cage kind of thing. You're experiencing all those feelings that underlie anger. We've talked about that before. Feelings of being rejected, feelings of being frustrated, um, being ignored or being isolated or unloved. Whatever all that is, you're feeling it right then. And maybe you're experiencing some hostile thoughts and even maybe some of your self-talk is hostile. Like, I'm going to get that person. F them. I'm tired of this, right? I'm getting them. And maybe you start even having fantasies and images of what you want to do. And so that's kind of that. Uh, that's where you're going to have the buildup. And then it's going to be the explosion. And this can look like destructiveness. Maybe you're throwing things. Maybe you're throwing a trash can, a remote control if you're at home, your hairbrush. It can end in verbal aggression. You're cussing somebody out. You're calling somebody names. You're yelling and screaming. And then there can also be violence. You know, maybe you're hitting somebody, choking somebody, all kinds of stuff. And so then after the explosion, you know, then there's the aftermath of the aggression cycle. And maybe that means that um, if you were in a treatment center, you just got kicked out because of, you know, the explosion. Maybe you get fired from your job. Uh, maybe you go to jail. Maybe you're incarcerated. Maybe you've lost families and uh, family members or even friends behind that explosion. And then maybe it's going to be these experiences of, of shame and guilt. And so, um, that is that aggression cycle that we need to be, you know, cognizant of. And if this is something that you find yourself uh, involved in, 
on especially on a reoccurring basis, this is when um, Deacon Ronnie's um, anger management tools are going to come into play. One of those areas that I would suspect, if it's going to set people into an aggression cycle, is when they have a justifiable point of explosion, things that are unfair. It may be justifiable. That doesn't make it the best practice. But we are going to get those, and life is going to deal us unfair stuff. What do we do to cope anger-wise when the unfair things of life just drop into our laps? Well, unfairness is provocative, and anger is a common response. So uh, parasitic anger uh, towards real or imagined unfairness, however, is is like a self-inflicted wound that, that can hurt a lot. So one of the things that um, we want to do is, first of all, um, recognize that that um, unfairness uh, refers to uh, unjust, unreasonable behavior on the part of one person or a group of, of people against another. And these acts uh, result in harm or losses to others. Understandably, people uh, treated unfairly don't like it. None of us do. And so... Um, what we have to do, though, however, is to, uh, first of all, choose our ba- battles wisely. Uh, I think that's a very important uh, first uh, thing is to address the, the priorities and, and ask yourself, is this worth fighting for? Uh, second, uh, some things are not worth the fight. And so you have to make your assessment and your reasonable choices as to how uh, you'll 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 use your time and your resources going forward. And so one of the things that we would look for is an aversion uh, for unfairness. And perhaps um, we may find this in unfair systems. Um, Many times we will, uh, for instance, the one that made headlines in 2019 was the college admission scandal, or there's uh, Rick Singer um, was getting kids into prestigious colleges, and he would have uh, Confederates take money, uh, college entrance tests for for their clients' kids, and other cases he had non-athletic kids that were placed into sports roles or sports stars (laughs) and bribed the athletic department into accepting them. And the parents, they won. They acted out of a selfishness to, to benefit their kid. That was the motive. Two, they hired uh, Mr. Singer to cheat for them. That's the deceptive process of this puzzle. And then thirdly, the the advantage their kids by bumping qualified or better qualified students uh, out of the admissions, and that was the unmerited outcome. So that's a a very um, recent example of, of an unfair system, and it created public outrage. Uh, the following, um, so I would say that uh, here's some unfair practices or processes, and I'll just give you some examples of them. Um, adverse inequality, um, that's, that's a brushing aside the community norms or the rules and the standards for uh, and taking more uh, of what's merited. Uh, another one would be favoritism. Uh, Quite often you'll see that dispensing or receiving an undeserved advantage because of, of your connection with the other person. Uh, deception. 
This would be concealing motivations to fool others and to gain advantage or benefits through omitting or um, misrepresenting information. Uh, cheating. That's making false statements of uh, on employment applications, uh, getting examination answers through a near piece, et cetera, uh, claiming someone else's work is your own. Uh, exploitation. That's the manipulation. That's the misrepresentation. That's the scamming to gain unfair advantage or leaving uh, others in a worse off condition. And then um, the other one that we see is the cover-up, uh, def- deflecting blame and avoiding responsibility to, to maintain a positive public image, uh, blaming the uh, exploited person for what you are doing yourself. So the... I think that in unfairness, and, and when we're dealing with uh, systems of un- that are exploiting unfairness, uh, we have to be able to um, address uh, what is relevant. And um, so in this, this system of, of procedural unfairness, which would be um, justice, and there's, there's standard policies and practices and processes for resolving disputes that, that are equal for all. So that would be our, for instance, our, our court system. Uh, distributive fairness would be uh, distributing uh, opportunities, goodness, and ownership according to merit and for the best interest of society. Um, and then quality fairness, it's a level of playing field for goods and opportunities. That's, for instance, the supermarket prices that uh, are all the same for everybody. So there's not one price for a loaf of bread for you, Father Harry, and one price for, for Renee. That it's, it's all priced the same. Um, the, um, when we look at the fairness rules and procedures, some are more elastic than others. So, again, um, that's, that is, again, part of the landscape in which we're, we're dealing with in, in our communities, for instance. Another factor that I found in, in this unfairness scenario and how to cope with it is trust versus distrust. And when, you, when we speak of trust, what is this thing called trust? And when you act in a trustworthy manner, you're, you're openly, open-mindedly, you're reasonable, you're receptive, you're dealing with others that tend to be just, uh, not uh, necessarily equal. So that's, uh, and you have this sense of whether you can be trust or, or distrust someone else. And that's, that's, a, that's a very big thing, uh, that, that it, it changes you and how you feel about who you're talking with. And so whom do you distrust? Well, you distrust people that have stuck you with adverse conditions. I don't, they've thrown you under the bus. So I'm... I'm don't trust this person anymore. Um, you uh, you tr- distrust people that watch out for uh, their own interests and, and not the collective whole or the group. Um, and you distrust people that have acted with in, uh, a lack of integrity towards you. So those are all elements that have built up this distrusting relationship. Um, to... Um, also, I would add to uh, anybody that's taken advantage of you, that has a reneged on, on a qu- commitment to you, or performed um, incompetently with, with without giving the effort that only the little effort that it would have taken for for them to get it right. So those are just some 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 
elements of that can form our our distrust in in, in others. And so, um, one of the things that we would do with unfair people or people that would have questionable motives, uh, it's it's important to think things through and and separate um, fact from fiction, and and it's not to rely too much on that just that gut impression, but that you actually do your due diligence in collecting the 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 actual objective information that that is out there. Um, I would also add that uh, you were you want to seek clarity uh, in those situations um, and questions for clarity would be does demanding fairness support the achievement of my constructive interests and goals and an example of that is the, the demand for fairness is a common prelude to extension of blame thinking and clouding your thoughts with a fog of anger. So the mindset will be usually distract you from your positive goals. Um, another uh, question for clarity, does demanding fairness help foster healthy relationship with others? And uh, anger expressed through extension of blame thinking can decrease your chances for support for, uh, from others. So you may uh, come across as being an unpleasant person. And thirdly, uh, does demanding fairness lead to a proportional response? And demandingness narrows your focus on the expectations, which, if thwarted, can lead to uh, an anger excess. So, um, that being said, it, it, it goes back to looking at the, the view from the top. I mean, you want to really do the assessment of the situation, make sure you get your facts, uh, also know know who you're you're, you're talking to uh, in in dealing with uh, the matter at hand, and I'd I'd like to share with you some some words, and and I want you to to feel the difference between um, these words as I I go through them. One is going to uh, present a demanding philosophy, and the other one is a preferring philosophy. So listen to these as I go through. And the first word would be expect. That's in the demanding category. Paired that with prefer, require, paired with want, must, compared to desire, need versus like, should or allow, insist, or consider, ought, or rather. So just by simply changing our language and our response, uh, you can feel the difference between re uh, requiring words and preferring words. And preferring words uh, do present uh, a putting this uh, kind of a, a, a sense of, of a damper to the tone of, of whatever it is that we're, we're confronted with. And I think these are excellent uh, words to commit to our own use because I'll consider that. I'm not insisting on that, but I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Or I might allow that to happen, but it's not going to be a should that happen. Um, my desire would be this versus it must be this. Or I like that versus I need that. So those are all, those are all situational changing by just mm -hmm. the, the language that I'm speaking and um, 
the last thing I'd like to share with you about the the um, unfairness part of, of coping with unfairness is the pain you think others deserve, you bring upon yourself. The pain that you think others deserve, you bring <coughs> upon yourself. Is that being fair to yourself? So again, I mean, you're just going to have to step back and um, it's it really does require us to do the good work of 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 engaging in what I probably should not be doing versus what I'm doing. One of the things that can happen that gets in the way of, of that preferred path is when we are in moments of distress. And distressing moments do tend for a lot of us to uh, shake us loose of our best practices, uh, take us from our rational thought. So, Renee, you have some things on how to, to tolerate skills for mm-hmm. tolerating distress. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that you can do, and this is going to speak to what Deacon Ronnie was talking about with the, with the unfair or when things are fair and unfair, but this is called radical acceptance. And I think Deacon Ronnie actually brought this up in another segment or something similar. So radical, um, when you talk about radical acceptance, um, you know, sometimes you're going to run into a problem that's out of your control, happens all the time. And it can be easy to think, this isn't fair. I shouldn't have this problem. I shouldn't have to deal with this. Um, and even though sometimes um, those, it's not even even though, those those type of thinkings actually make the situation worse because then you're kind of stuck. And so with the radical acceptance, it refers to this is a healthier way of thinking and it's just kind of reframing some things. But um, instead of focusing on how something, how you want it to be different, it's about recognizing and accepting the problem and the situation as it is. And that can be really challenging, especially if you felt like you were wronged in some way or whatever. But it really is about accepting what's being put in front of you. Um, and it says, this says, remember, accepting is not the same thing as liking and it's not the same thing as condoning. It just means I'm accepting the situation or this problem for what it is because so many things are out of our control. When you can learn to accept some things, um, it's going to help you be less anxious and maybe less angry and less sad. It's kind of almost that thing is of it is what it is. Um So it gives an example in this handout that I have, but it says you find out that you were not selected for a job where you felt that you were the best candidate. So your typical thinking might be, you know, this isn't fair. I did everything right. I know I was the best candidate there. They can't do this to me. But with radical acceptance, it's going to be a different a different thinking. Right. It's going to be different statements. It's frustrating that I didn't get this job, but you know what? I accept that they felt there was somebody more qualified than me for the job. And so there are just some things that we don't want to accept, but you're going to stay stuck, uh, you know, in your anxiety or anger without that radical acceptance. And there's some other things that you can do. I think that often as a people, we we don't have the tools, so to speak, um, for self-soothing. And so something that you can do is if you're experiencing some of those um, unfair situations or that anger, um, learning to self-soothe with your senses can be so helpful. Just using your five senses, y'all, 
to to help self-soothe. So think visually, you know, maybe it's like going for a walk outside, you know, paying attention to the things that you're seeing, butterflies, flowers, the trees, the sky, you know, just that visual self-soothing. Also hearing, you know, listening to um, music, maybe being out in nature where you can hear birds, you know, where you can hear others maybe in the background if there's water or maybe there's some people chatting in the background. So self-soothing with hearing touch. You know, if you have that opportunity to kind of maybe massage yourself, you know, maybe working out, um, touch can be a very helpful thing to self-soothe. Sometimes I just give my own self a hug, right? I'm a single person, so sometimes I just hug myself, you know, and that can feel very comforting and self-soothing. Taste, you know, having a uh, small treat on occasion, and then just smell, like, um, you know, smelling the flowers, smelling I call it the great outdoors, you know, when I go outside. Um, Some of those things can help us self-soothe. And then another uh, technique that you can use is distraction. And this particular activity is is known by the acronym ACCEPT. So it's A-C-C-E-P-T-S. And we'll kind of run through that real quickly. But, um, you know, negative feelings will usually pass, right? If you're experiencing that it's not fair, you're unhappy, all those feelings underneath that anger, um, this can be a great activity. You're just distracting yourself, right? And so with the A of accepts, it means that you're going to engage in activities that um, require thought and concentration, right? So this could be um, a hobby. It could be a project. It could be a new learning. Um, if you're if you have the ability while you're incarcerated to attend some classes or school or church. So you're engaging in activity. That's the first one. And then contributing. So the C and accept is contributing. You want to focus on someone or something other than yourself. Doing this work is not selfish, but if you stay inundated in anger and anxiety, um, it can be so consuming. And so the contributing part is focusing on somebody else other than yourself. And so maybe it's, you know, writing a letter to your kiddos or writing a letter to a parent or helping, you know, your cellmate or just engaging in another way where you feel like some way you're contributing Um, If there's a way to volunteer or whatever, I can tell you that um, when my son was incarcerated, his thing would be um, to help the other guys with some of their legal paperwork because they just didn't understand what they were reading. And so he would contribute. It was a great distraction from his own self and things that he was experiencing because he his contribution was to help some of those guys with understanding their legal documents or helping them with words, etc., The other C in accepts is comparisons. And so often what happens is we compare our situation to somebody else's situation. When Drew was incarcerated, you know, and he was he would be upset like, oh, well, this guy only got 10 years for this, but they're trying to give me this for that. You know what I mean? You compare when you start comparing, you get stuck and lost and and usually more angry. Because there's, it seems unfair, right? And so comparisons are something that you want to try to avoid. And it says, remember a time when you were in more pain or when someone else is going through something more different, uh, difficult than you. And so when you're looking at a situation in comparison, you want to do it to something worse, right? This may be bad right now, but man, look at what that dude's going through. 
So if it's a comparison, you want to make sure it's something that's a little worse. And then the E is for emotions. And do something that will uh, create a competing emotion, right? So if you're feeling sad, watch a funny movie. If you're feeling sad, read a funny book. So you want to have an opposite emotion for what you're feeling. If you're nervous, maybe listening to music will kind of soothe you. Um, Pushing away. So this one is... um, This really kind of speaks to do away with negative thoughts by pushing them out of your mind. You don't want to push them down and not deal with them, but they don't need to sit in your head all day either. So what you want to practice is just pushing them away. Um, You can imagine writing your problem on a piece of paper, crumbling it up and throwing it away. Refuse to think about the situation until another time. So you're just putting it away. I often uh, describe for clients, and I always have to be careful because if they're young kids, they don't know what I mean by the file. You know, the old car catalog that you saw in the libraries like we did growing up, right? So when something is just being tremendously hard and it's negative and you've spent too much time there, you want to open up your card catalog, open up that little file, put it in there, push it away for a while. The next one of that accepts is thoughts. When your emotions take over, try to focus on your thoughts. You know, maybe count to 10, uh, sing a song that you love, recite a poem in your head or read a book. So you want to make a shift in your thoughts. And then the last one is the S and accepts this whole thing. The last one is S. So you want to be aware of your sensations. Uh, Find a safe physical sensation to distract you from intense negative emotions. Um, you know, maybe it can be, um, if you have an opportunity, maybe to put some water on your face, right. Or maybe going for a walk or something like that. So you really want to be aware of some of the sensations that you're experiencing, you know, in your body. This particular activity brings up like the popping of a band on your wrist, but I'm not into that because I think I don't want anything that brings pain, right? So we want to make sure whatever we're doing to our body is always positive. And so maybe like splashing some cool water on your face or something like that, or, you know, having some some cold water. Um, if, you're, if you have access to a fan, letting a cool breeze blow over your face. So uh, just being aware of the body sensations. Deacon Ronnie. Now, some of the uh, responses to our uh, unfair actions uh, real quickly are, first of all, the response cost. Uh, that's imposing a cost on another to prevent the reoccurrence of that harmful behavior. Uh, the idea is to stop the behavior. Uh, the other, uh, these are seven R's. These are seven R action plans, if you will. Uh, revenge, that's a, that's a bitter act against a person or group in response to prior harm. Revenge, um, executed in disregard uh, to the law or social norms, uh, such as keying another's car or throwing a, a brick through a window is, is simply wild justice. So it's, 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 but again, that's, it's part one of our responses to, to unfairness. Retaliation, uh, going against a, a prior negative action. And in, for in, instance, in, 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 um, in war, you, you counterattack with something equal or, or greater intensity. On a personal level, you engage in payback for something said or done that is harmful to you. Uh, Retribution, uh, that's legally prescribed punishment um, proportional to an offense to ensure justice for the victim and society. And that's that's the role of our courts. Uh, Resolve, uh, breaking down a problem into components, deciding on a course of actions and preventing future episodes. 
uh, rectify, and that's acting to set something right, restore balance, or return a situation to its original status. You act to correct an inequity to uh, your reasonable satisfaction. And then last uh, would be remedy. Remedy is is seeking compensation for an injury uh, sustained. So I... um, in listening to those those R's, I think there's some healthy practices that are there, certainly to uh, seek uh, resolve, uh, to rectify, uh, but there's some unhealthy practices such as revenge and retaliation that we would want to stay away from. Let us ask the Mother of God to help us to choose the right things that bring us closer to her Son, Jesus Christ. Hail Mary, the most beautiful dove which carried the word of God for us. We greet you with the archangel Gabriel, saying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Hail, O Virgin, the glory of our race. You have borne Emmanuel for us. We pray that you will remember us before the Lord Jesus Christ, that he will forgive us our sins. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Name of the Father, and the Son, Brother, and the Holy Spirit. If Amen. you walk with me, Brother.